I think that intentionally blessing people is too rare. I think we accidentally bless people, which is good. That's not a bad thing. And it might be really good that we accidentally do it and learn to do that. But intentional blessing, thinking about what we're doing, is rare. I mean, we say things like, hey, God bless you, as you're, somebody's headed out the door. Or we say, oh, God bless after you sneeze, maybe, right? Or gesundheit, health. Or maybe if you go to a church service that's liturgical or you've been to one, you might have received a benediction at the end of it. I'll do a benediction every once in a while, and I get really interesting responses. Some people are like, oh, that was great. Other people are like, that was weird. <laughs> but when that benediction comes at the end of a service, it doesn't always capture people because the preacher's probably already preached for too long. And the last thing people want to do is hear another word. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. But nonetheless, people are not thinking so much about receiving as they're thinking about leaving. A blessing, I want to talk about it for a minute. It's an intimate interaction of souls. And blessing is not just a pastor's job. It's the Christian way. We are all priests. You know that? You're a priest. I know, right? I was going to wear a clerical collar or something tonight, or my, my God the Father shirt. <laughs> I know, right? That's a great shirt. But we are all priests. You are all priests. Peter writes in 1 Peter 2 that we are all participating in the body of Christ as priests. We are the priesthood of all believers. We are to participate continually in the priestly ministry of Christ Jesus. He's given us that responsibility, that privilege. So maybe you're asking, what in the world is a, is a priest? Because I think of somebody as a Roman Catholic father as a priest, or maybe an Anglican father as a priest, or something high church. Well, simply put, a priest is one who has received access to God in order to represent God to people and people to God. Somebody who represents God to people and people to God. We as God's priestly people have gained access to God through the blood of Christ. And having boldly entered the presence of God, we are blessed. And this is a blessing that empowers us to more deeply impact the world, offering to it the very blessing that we've received. In order to make a redemptive difference in the world, in order to actually participate with the things that God is doing in the world around us, we must become people who embrace this call to be the priesthood of all believers, who become a people that are blessed and then want others to experience that same blessing. Blessing, I believe, moves into us and out of us from Jesus. 
moves into us, and my goodness, we experience this goodness of God that touches us so deeply that we can't help but want others to experience that same thing. Last week I mentioned Bonhoeffer's reminder that we are never one-on-one with each other. Jesus is always with us. When we are with one another, Christ is always over us and among us. And Jesus blesses us. You remember when the disciples bring some little children to Jesus? Or actually some little children are brought to Jesus, sorry, and the disciples are like, let's get them away from Jesus. And Jesus is like, "Uh -uh. uh-uh, let them them come to me. Let these little children come to me. And do you remember what he does right after that? He blesses them. He puts his hand on their head and he blesses them. It's the kind of thing that Jesus wants. He wants us to know that we're blessed, that we're accepted, that we can walk into this relationship with him and experience it, feel it, feel his hand on our head. Be welcomed. Christ is always among us. And he blesses us. And he may, he may just want to use our hands and our vocal cords, the whole of us, to bless whoever we might find ourselves keeping company with. What is blessing? It's a churchy word, right? It's kind of a Christianese word. And I'm highly indebted to a few people, but particularly Dallas Willard. I mention him on occasion. Some of you probably hear me talk about him too much. But he is a scholar who is no longer with us. He died of cancer a few years ago. And he's had a profound impact on my life, though I never never met him. Um, Nonetheless, through his lectures and through his writing, He's definitely touched me deeply. So he writes that blessing is the projection of good into the life of another. The projection of good into the life of another. And while it includes words, it isn't just words. It is the actual putting forth of your will for the good of another person. It is a generous outpouring of your whole being. You may have experienced that from somebody else in your life when you just knew it. You just knew you were being blessed by that person. They might not even use the word blessed, but you experienced it. You felt it. Something was special about it. Blessing always involves God. Only God is capable of true blessing. Blessing is under the invocation of God. Blessing calls on God. Blessing recognizes that our actions, if they are to be a blessing to somebody else in that deep sense, that God must be involved. 
I mean, we can try sometimes and not involve God and bless somebody. And I don't know if you've done that before, but when I've done that before, I usually get it totally wrong. I just blow it. I think I'm doing something nice for somebody, but I'm actually just getting in the way. You guys never done that, though, have you? So to bless someone is to put forth your will for another's good under the invocation of God, calling on God. And it's God's desire to bless. He wants to bless us. He wants to bless you. He is blessing you. It's God's desire. It's what he longs for. He longs for this relationship with us. It's like a father with his child or a mother with their child or a grandparent with their grandchild. You want to, God wants to bless you. And God wants to bless not just those who bless him. (laughs) He wants to bless people. And he also wants us to bless people that don't bless us. Right? We are to bless those, even those who curse us. To curse somebody is the flip side of to bless somebody. Judging somebody can be to curse somebody for sure. But it is to project evil into somebody's life. Unfortunately, we seem to be really familiar with that, right? Both through what we've experienced and sometimes through what we've done. So even for that person who has cursed us, we need to will their good under the invocation of God. We're studying Colossians on Thursday night, and it was very fitting to insert a little of what we talked about there last week from Colossians 3. Lay aside, think think about this in the terms of cursing or blessing. Lay aside, Paul writes, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Or might I, cursing language, projecting lies into other people's lives. So lay those things aside. Those things are to, to curse And as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And if you've experienced somebody else being those things to you, you can recognize and have probably experienced that as a blessing. When somebody is compassionate with you, kind with you, humble with you, gentle with you, and patient with you. You experience blessing. Paul continues, And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. I have a problem that oftentimes I go too fast. And I have to slow myself down. Because it's hard to experience blessing and to give blessing when you're running from place to place in a big hurry. We can't hurry blessing. We can't hurry it. It's like molasses. Right? 
And if you like molasses or really thick honey or whatever that's really thick in a container, if you want it, you know you do, right? But you've got to wait and wait and wait. It's the same way with blessing. If we want to receive it, if we want to give it, we have to wait. Let's just sit. Listen to God's voice. This is really hard to give blessing because if you're like me, it's hard to sit still long enough to get anybody to receive it or to give it to somebody and let them receive it. We just need to learn to slow down. We need to learn to hold still long enough for God to bless us, for us to experience blessing from others, and for us to bless others. Blessing is intimate. And so it is hard for other reasons, besides just the fact that we want to move and go and don't sit long enough to taste the molasses. It's intimate and it's hard. It's hard when we want to intentionally bless somebody else or when somebody else wants to intentionally bless us because we feel uncomfortable. I don't know, and we're going to do something later in a few little, I don't want to throw this out too early, but I think we're close enough now. We're going to do something in a little while that you're not going to be forced to do. I never roll like that. You usually never roll like that. I never roll like that. But it might make you feel uncomfortable. And that, that's okay to feel uncomfortable because I think receiving and giving blessing is something we just have to get better at. And so we need to go through this process of feeling uncomfortable by giving and receiving intentional blessing. It makes us feel uncomfortable so much that in different experiences that I've had, and Dallas Willard talks about this, I've experienced both of these things, where both in giving and receiving a blessing, you might be, might be inspired to break out in laughter. Sometimes it's uncomfortable laughter, and sometimes it's just filled with joy laughter. And then other times people are motivated, compelled to cry and be very emotional and can take people off guard big time. I think one of the reasons, or a couple of the reasons maybe, that it's so hard is that, be, is that we feel inadequate and unworthy, both to give blessing and to receive blessing. In this real intentional way, anyway, we say things like, my goodness, who am I to look you in the eye and pronounce blessing and project it into your life? Who am I? Well, I'm your husband. <laughs> who, who am I? Who am I to do that? Or, or who am I to receive that? Well, maybe this is another one of those places that it's so strange for us because we seem to be, we seem to easily fold into projecting a curse into somebody's life. We don't think, who am I to curse somebody? And we should say, who am I to do that? And say, I should be instead projecting blessing into people's lives. 
We need to get better at that. So who, who are you? Who am I to bless? I can remember when I was a kid growing up in a liturgical church, the pastor just about at every sermon would raise his hands and pronounce the blessing, the benediction, which is what benediction means, a blessing. Right? And some of you are nodding your heads that you've experienced that, you've seen that. I've done it here before. I can remember watching that and thinking, I don't know that I could ever do that because who am I to bless everybody else? Like, who am I? Which I think is kind of maybe a little bit of an important process for people to go through to recognize that I'm not, I'm not anybody special. But the Savior we serve is special, and he is blessing his people. And it is powerful when he uses his people to announce that and project that into people's lives. So who am I? Who are we? Who are you to receive and to give blessing? Uh, you're a priest. You are sometimes going to be the only representation of God in somebody's life that desperately needs hope. And you are a child of God most high. Dearly loved and cherished. And this is an act when God blesses us. It's an act of grace. It's important for us to remember this. It's an act of grace, not an act of indebtedness. If we approach giving somebody blessing as an act of indebtedness, we're getting it wrong. If we receive it and think that somebody else is only doing it because it's an act of indebtedness, that's wrong. It's an act of grace. It's a gift. It's nothing else. You don't have to feel worthy of it. You don't have to earn it. It's just simply an act of grace, not an act of indebtedness. So I want to read for us Numbers 6, 22 through 27. And yes, Numbers is not boring. Okay? It's not. It's quite, it's quite beautiful. I know, right? If you're a mathematician, Numbers are never boring. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. The Lord bless you and keep you. In essence, it's God projecting into our lives good and blessing constantly. May God keep you. May God protect you. This pronouncement of, by Aaron and his sons is over Israel that God would keep them, protect them, keep them safe. So the blood of Christ and the Spirit be with you. May God keep you. Imagine, imagine saying that to somebody or somebody saying that to you. Imagine looking right now in somebody's eyes and saying, may God keep you. 
May God protect you. And not just say it, but mean it. When you say it, may God protect you. May God keep you safe. May the blood of Christ be with you. May the Spirit be with you. God bless you. You. Yeah. You. God bless you. God keep you. God protect you. May he make his face shine upon you. The face of God is talked a lot about in Scripture. And if you're wondering what a, a shining face is like, because I think I struggled with that for a while, and the world a shining face. Sounds like some 90s song. <laughs> a shiny face. Imagine, if you will, something I've already alluded to, but a grandparent looking upon their grandchild. Imagine a grandparent looking upon their grandchild, and this is what is being evoked in God to look upon you. But just like a grandparent looks upon their grandchild and their face beams and radiates and shines upon that child, that God would shine radiantly upon you. Imagine wanting that, and imagine wanting that for somebody else. Golly, can you just, can you visualize it? That God looks down on us and his face is just shining like a grandparent for their grandchild. It's like, yeah, oh, man, man, this is good. May the face of God look upon you. May the face of God look upon you, not to, not to straighten you out, just simply that his face radiantly beams on you because he loves you so much. May God be gracious unto you. May the flow of God's love be over you. May you dwell in God's grace. May it be like a bubble around you that you know that wherever you go, whatever you do, no matter how good you get it or how wrong you get it, God is with you. His gracious love pours over you. You sat under the molasses long enough for it to run down over your head. Well, that may not be so good. How about some oil? Or molasses. I'm good with that. May the flow of God's love be over you, washing you, making you new. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. May the Lord look at you personally, at you. His beaming face has captured you, and now he's zoomed in on you. This is the conversation of God's presence manifest 
in your life where you, you just don't kind of think maybe God is shining on you, but you know it. You feel it. You experience it. You're overwhelmed by it. May that be true for you. Let that be true for you. To bless somebody is to want that for that other person. May you know God's face is shining upon you. And may the Lord give you peace. Jesus says, my peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. I don't have strings attached, Jesus says. I don't give things to people as earnings. I give as giving should be, Jesus says, as a gift. That gracious way of Jesus that leads to peace in our lives when we can just cast off everything that's weighing us down and take a nice deep breath and know that God is with us. The church... The church should be a place of blessing. The church has to be growingly a place of blessing, a place where that's what we desire to project under the invocation of God into the lives of others. We need to seek to become persons of blessing. What you have before you is is number 6, 24 through 26. And I just simply want you, if you're willing and if you're able, and that's okay if you're not, don't worry, it's really okay if you're not. You can pray silently. It's entirely legitimate to do that. Don't, don't feel bad if you don't want to participate in any way other than maybe praying this and asking God to do this for you. But I just want to encourage you, if you could just turn to your neighbor, turn to somebody, and just don't, don't rush past this. Just like slowly, intentionally, think with, with thoughtfulness, desire this for somebody else, project it into their lives. Look them in the eye, if you will, and read this to one another, please. Please.